but throws it down. Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up three pointer. Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! Welcome to the NBA! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. Good evening, Coast to Coast. Welcome back to another episode. We're here on Tuesday night, November 16th. We're here on the night after the Bulls had what I believe to be their crowning moment. I, I don't need to do any intros here. Ronan, I'll ask how you're doing because you, you already know how I'm doing. I'm, I'm still a little drunk after last night's win. But I, did you see the game? How are you feeling? Because I, I, I know you, you've, been, you've been the Lakers apologist. For too long now, for too long. So what's going on? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's getting harder and harder to to be on that side of the coin. I won't I won't lie to you, but what I'm seeing out of the Bulls, I'm um, I'm I'm finding it even harder to to try and doubt or uh, trying to quash your uh, your uh, your bright hopes and dreams there because it's. Uh, it's been great team basketball, and last night was another great example example of, especially with not only Demar and Levine doing their thing, but uh, Ball stepping up huge on his return to LA was was extremely impressive. Yeah, Ball second time in the past few games that he's went seven of ten from three. The guy who came in the league with a broken shot, the guy who came in the league, and Magic Johnson said his name would be and the rafters of the Staples Center. So certainly certainly a sight for sore eyes for Lakers fans going into the stands and seeing their guys Caruso. Caruso was, was, a, was a team, even though he didn't score, and a lot of the casuals are revealing themselves on Twitter, talking about how he had zero points, why does it matter? I mean, Caruso, if you watch any game of basketball and you watch Alex Caruso play, you watch an all-defensive player at 6'4", just shooting around the court. I mean, that guy is unbelievable. I, I, I still... To this day, can't believe the Lakers let him go. And, you know, th- that's a little bit of a segue. But should we talk about that? I don't think we've talked enough about, about – we've mentioned Alex Russo leaving the Lakers, but I think this is a huge indicator for, like, what we saw last night. We, we should talk about that for a sec. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely weird. It's obviously coming out now that he got the offer from the Bulls and he went back with that to L.A. Yep. And they basically told him that he can do one. But seeing something like that, it's uh, not being willing to pay – I think more than more than a reasonable uh, bit of money to a player that had been part of a championship team and being such a crucial role player for this team, it's a very strange decision from uh, from the Lakers now. Looking back, especially, yeah, their plans were Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, and keeping THT. I mean, Alice Caruso fixes all of their problems. They need more ball movement. They need smarter playmakers. They need a guard who can actually defend on the perimeter. They need to limit turnovers. They need more activity. They need more passion. They need more on-the-court hustle. That is everything Alex Caruso is, and they let him walk for less than $10 million a year. And any of their arguments about, like, well, the luxury task, well, well, yeah, you guys are making other signings too. So it's, it's It blows my mind that that they let him go. And man, I, I just can't be happier with seeing him on the bulls. I mean, you watch this game, you, you watch every game this season. And when you have Alex Crusoe and Lonzo out there, Crusoe now starting for the past few games, you have two guys with, I don't know if they're both going to make it on an all defensive team, but you have two guys who are definitely all defense candidates out there. And it is such a difference. I mean, in the NBA, the Delta between, 
some of these defenders, especially this year. Now that we have we have a lot more contacts, being able to see these physical guards really use their their strength and their ability to knock guys off course without them being ticky tack fouls, like they are making a massive impact on the Bulls' ability to be in games against legitimate contenders. Yeah, I think that's that's the the big thing. It always comes back to defense in the end, like the old saying goes: "D." offense wins games and defense wins championships you know that's that's the way it's always been and it was something that the the Bulls certainly needed to bring in and they have done that and it's not that they've just gone and and brought in defensive guys that have kind of changed the flow of the team they brought in defensive guys that have only made the whole flow of the team better which is has been really impressive it shows the amount of work that they put in to, uh, to analyze the type of players they need and go out and get them last uh, last offseason. Yeah, and I, I mean, John Hollinger was one of the hardest critics. And this is funny because this goes back actually way further than just this offseason, his critique of the way the team was built and especially, especially what he deemed to be the worst signing in the league, DeMar DeRozan signing to that 35-plus mil deal. And... It's hilarious to see him backtrack. You know, he, he did admit his mistakes and he prefaced it by saying everyone makes mistakes. The only thing that you're going to be right about is being wrong. So the funny thing is that this go his critiques of DeMar DeRozan, his critiques of this team, we go back to all the way when he ranked DeMar DeRozan as the 54th best prospect in his draft. And it's just a perfect, you know, chip on the shoulder of all these guys. I mean, Lonzo has been through it. He's been doubted ever since he stepped on the floor of the NBA ever since uh, questions about his upbringing, his dad, like what his mentality is, and then his shot. And then you got DeMar DeRozan being called washed. Like he's, I mean, he had such a, a revitalizing experience in the Spurs, the way that he was able to play, but he's being called wash. Zach Levine, not being a leader, not being able to be a number one on a good team. Vooch just being a, a bad center on a bad team who side note, anybody talking about LeBron's not playing, Lakers aren't healthy. Well, we just play without Pat Williams and Gooch, just to get that that out there. But man, so some of these players you can go up okay, and down the list. And that's there's... not quite a that's not quite a comparison no. there now. Well, all right, all right. I have to defend <laughs> that though. I mean, th- think about it. Like LeBron is the hub by which any team and the Lakers are going to operate. And the interesting thing is that Vucevic is absolutely the hub of how the Bulls work. They've only really been able to be successful. In the short pick and roll, and Vooch has been racking up assists all season. He's been racking up total passes all season because in that short roll, he's kind of that Draymond Green that allows the offense to work. So, I mean, not having Vooch is massive, not just in terms of his individual production. You can't just compare apples to apples, but this whole system had to change as a whole because Vooch was out. And and that's and that's not something that that, you know, is dissimilar to what the Lakers are talking about. No, I think they're, they're they're just not trying to change it. They just can't use the system to the same level without uh, without LeBron. I don't think that. I'm not saying that it's fair that no one should be questioning the Lakers or, or the Bulls just went out there and blew the Lakers out. They they dominated them, dominated them in pretty much every aspect, and it was it was a really eye opening performance for the rest of the league. Anyone that's tried to question pretty much all the teams that have made great starts this year. It's, a, it's come with people questioning their credentials, whether it be with soft schedules, yeah. different things like that. And the Bulls are, are probably in a similar sort of boat, but I think that game... That Fifth win hardest strength night, of schedule. Yeah. Except throw that out there too. That, that, win, that win last night, though, that definitely, that's definitely opened some eyes. Yeah. And just to finish my point on the, on the chips on shoulders, I think they want to open everybody's eyes because... They individually as players have so much to prove, but they've done it in such a humble way and they've really come to the exact right place. I mean, the Bulls have been a destitute location for basketball ever since Jimmy Butler left. And really, honestly, like there is too many moments like that after Derrick Rose got hurt decades before that, before we got Rose. So, or entire decade of that. So I, I think that, you know, all of this comes into play in a really important year where narrative matters. So much is changing this year. And to see the Bulls be in the middle of that change in a positive way, to be 
kind of like a, a light in what has been a kind of concerning year in the NBA. There's a lot of that like one of the biggest stars in the NBA, James Harden, is having a terrible season because of the way the game has changed because of these rule changes um, and other things, of course. Kyrie Irving not playing, you know, this, this is one of the biggest stars and you expect the Nets to be, to be huge. Like there's so many dynamics in the league where you're not really sure who's, who's going to be the main players this year. Who's going to really grab the NBA by the horns. Is it going to be the way the jazz was last year? Is it going to be the way that the 76ers were a few years ago when they jumped on the scene? I think the bulls are really putting together their moment where they go from being this, this franchise is looked at as, you know, the underdogs, the guys who are coming up, but they are really entering the scene early on in the season where they're proving that they're a legit franchise. I don't know if you want to say they're contenders. I did, if you're not a Bulls fan, maybe you're not ready to say that yet, but I mean, the, the proof is already there statistically up and down the board. This team is a legitimate contender and there's no hiding it anymore. Hey, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't doubt you with the way they've been there. The way they've been winning games and uh, and just especially off that back of that win last night, I, I won't uh, I won't quash I won't quash your dreams right right this second anyway. <laughs> but I, I think we also need to we need to quash the Lakers a little bit more here. We we've been talking about them a lot, but it, it continued last night. The, the the Bulls turned the the Celtics into a bit of a frenzy at that team meeting, earliest team meeting in league history. And then AD also gets ejected last night. The frustrations were there. I mean, the fact of the matter is it was so obvious that they had just no shooters on the floor, nobody to help him out. The spacing was awful. And that inside-outside game does not work when you don't have shooters on the perimeter. And AD was getting double-team, triple-team, quadruple-team. Couldn't even catch a log because he has three guys jumping in his face. Like, I, I can't imagine what he's going i mean he could not wait any longer for lebron to come back you see lebron's reports of of coming back now you, you wonder how much of that had to do with health and how much of that ad is just like dude you got to get back out of we can't do this anymore <laughs> yeah i think yeah he really let his uh, frustrations be known after the game just came out basically just says yeah we suck we're not uh we can't play in the third quarter yeah. we, we we aren't anywhere close to being a championship level team and Usually this early in the season, you wouldn't see guys with an eight and seven record really make a claim at that, especially when they've been missing arguably the best player throughout the majority of, of these first 15 games. But he's uh, he's not wrong across uh, across the board, really. He's not. You mentioned the third quarter. The Lakers are the worst third quarter team in the league right now. And... A lot, again, I have to go back to the point of, of the narrative not being as strong around their early struggles because, you know, there's some new faces and because LeBron's been out the past few games. But I think when, when do we really start to question the end result of all this? Like how, how do the pieces that they've shown through more than 10 games already, how do those pieces result in a functional playoff team by the end of the season and i'm not even seeing a flash of it like i you don't like you see moments with it with the but with the ball movements great and that those are those are things that translate um the the, the defense there's flashes of it but it's not consistent but for a whole seven game series i just i, I haven't seen a flash of it all season no it's uh it's it's been a bit uh certainly worrying i'd say you don't make the final call until we see Russ get a bit more time with the team, LeBron get a consistent run in the team. What is That's Russ going to do make... differently, though? Well, you've been saying the whole time Russ is going to get better as the season goes on. Well, I, I've, I, but I've said that in terms of like, you know, I, I expect Frank Vogel to, I mean, the number one, get him and Rondo. Get get those lineups, throw it in the trash, and never look at it again. Like I I it the the metrics of them on the floor together is deplorable. And you just the fact of the matter is Russ just needs to be given specific lineups, and that's not a Russ thing. I think that's a Vogel thing. But in terms of like what Russ is bringing to the table, his turnovers are as bad as ever. He hasn't taken care of the ball in years, and this is the worst he's ever done it. And the care factor clearly 
is a contributing issue. What, where is he going to get? Is is he going to tighten up? Is he going to is he going to stop playing the way he does? That's just his frenetic style of play. His downhill, do whatever you can to get to the rim, do whatever you can to make a a good play, and do it at the cost of efficiency, do it at the cost of turnovers. Is that going to stop? Is his three point shooting going to get better? We 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 already went on and on about it last year, but I mean, what what in is there a universe <laughs> that exists where Russell Westbrook gets traded? by the trade deadline. I'm going to have to say no. The answer is yes, bro. Unless, unless LeBron <laughs> really, really pushes it. If LeBron doesn't push it, then, then it's a big no. It was, it was LeBron's decision. I mean, no. I, I mean, okay. I, I'm, I'm assuming. Decision on if, he, if he was to be traded or not as well. Yeah. But it, I, I can't, I can't keep praying that that's going to work out and i think the the bulls having that statement when i i think they showed the bulls really showed on the opposite side everything that the lakers were successful for in that championship run the defense the hustle the discipline the lack of turnovers the patience on offense they they showed everything that the lakers should be right now and could be if they had the right personnel and you know, I, I maybe maybe this is our, our time to, to transition what we wanted we really wanted to talk about tonight. Because uh, what's what's the most valuable thing on the floor right now? It's 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 Demar Rosen. It's Demar Rosen, and it, I I was thinking about this last week, and then all all these articles started coming out about Demar Rosen as a just a fun betting odds. Like he's he was a plus seven thousand last week to win MVP. Now I think he's shooting up, but no one's taking it seriously. But I, I want to talk about this. Like there there's some been some really interesting uh, outside MVP guys in the past few years. Um, it seemed like Jokic was a joke until it really became a thing. And I'm not comparing those two guys, but in the early season, just looking at some of these players, Demar Derozan is right up there as a guy who legitimately deserves some look at, I mean, this could be an MVP, real MVP candidate. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, he's led this Bulls team to a 10 and four start. He's averaging about 26.9 points, 5.4 boards, 4.1 assists, shooting 51%, shooting 37% from three. He's got five games already of 32 plus points. This guy has been unbelievable and he's doing this playing alongside a guy who demands a lot of ball in his hands, who demands a lot of shooting himself. And yet he is finding a way to just be a cohesive partner for this guy. And they're both putting up huge numbers. And at the moment, Demar is outshining him just that little bit. And he's doing it in a really impressive way. Yeah. Third, third in the league in scoring. And I just there's some numbers here that that are really jumping off the page. First off is his impact ratings. He's a 22.5 point differential. The Bulls are 12.5 points worse with him off the floor. This is raw plus minus second in the league. He's fifth in win shares. I mean the the way that he impacts the game, it's so obvious. I mean, look on the floor. Anytime the Bulls are struggling, you just give him the ball bucket. He's second in pick and roll scoring for a reason. He is able to create anywhere on the floor. He's first in long mid rangers, 10 plus feet. And if you're watching, I mean, he's taking fadeaways that harken back to Tracy McGrady's, the Kobe's, like all, all of these classic mid range players. And that's a, and, and I think one reason why I love the, the thought of him even being considered for the MVP is that a lot of it's about narrative. And the change in the game this year, the change that's been happening over the past couple of years, um, seems to be like a maturation of what the modern NBA offense is. But he's still sticking to what is old school. He's sticking to the mid-range, and he's sticking to a game that a lot of players don't have. So, so to see that in this year, especially in a year where free throw rates are down across the league, scoring is down across the league, he's up. And he's the best free throw shooter in the league. He gets the line the most. And I, I I just I, I hate to make that comparison, but some some moments you you see him out there 
taking these these spinning fadeaways and it just looks it just gives you a hint to mj and to see it in a bulls uniform no 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 no. i'm not (laughs) i mean i'm not going to far as far to to say that but i'm just saying in terms of style man like when's the last time you you turned on the television you watched the bulls and you saw a guy with the with the handles and the footwork and the touch to be taking Mid ranges the way he does these contested shots, pump faking a million times, right in your face, fading away, spinning away. Like he has every move in the bag, just like you know. Again, it's not the same level, but you haven't seen that ever since MJ. Nobody uh, that's played for the Bulls. How many people in the league that that have that have played like that since then? In the past yeah, decade, no, I'll give that. It's, it is. Uh... It's definitely a nice thing to see, and that's something I've always loved about DeMar DeRozan's game, and it's great that he's now feeling comfortable in Chicago and getting back to the type of player that he knows he is and we've always believed he was capable of being, similar to the, to the star guy that he was in uh, while, he, while he was playing in, in Toronto and might have got, got them a lot further if it wasn't for that, uh, that LeBron James guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I, I think he's even gotten better since then. The playmaking, too, is there. Um, he, he had seven assists per game last season. Down a little bit because you, you have a pure point guard and Lonzo Ball this year. But his impact has been great, greater than it's ever been in his career. And one of the most important factors in terms of winning the MVP is team success. And not just the gross of what the team success is, but what it would have been if he wasn't there. I mean, most analysts were predicting the Bulls win 37 games this year. I don't think a lot of people blink if you, if you say 48, 50 wins this year. And that's absolutely because of DeMar DeRozan. Absolutely, because he is, he is absolutely the reason they're up there and they'd probably be closer to the mid-40s, low-40s. They're not, they're not 10-4. and four. If, if they don't have him on the team right now and every single, almost every single, you can, you can name very few uh, players who've won the MVP award who haven't won the conference. And Hey, maybe that's a good predictor. Yeah. Maybe, 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 maybe that's a good sign for you. I think uh, <laughs> my, my, my first guy um, for me uh, for the most valuable player is a uh, one. It's kind of, on the cusp of being a bit edgy, but uh, is it is it hipster picks, man? You gotta uh, you gotta go for it. I went I went for Paul George. Huh. He's had a, he's had a strong start to the season. This is his team now, obviously with Kawhi likely out for the the entire season, and he's really taken that command and stepping up. He's led the game to a seven game win streak. He's Averaging 26 and a half points, 8.2 boards, 5.2 assists. He's, he's doing it all, as well as averaging 2.2 steals along with that. The guy has been really impressive. He's already got two 40-point games this season, two 30-point games, two games of 27-plus. The guy is putting up and putting out. And while this Clippers team is not quite the team that they were last year, Paul George is doing his bit to keep them as close and at the very least, ahead of the Lakers this year, and it's been uh, it's been pretty impressive from him. Yeah, I, I think I'll credit the Lakers a little bit more, and the Clippers being better than this year. But <laughs> but I will say for for George, man, I think we we had it on the money. We were we were projecting what he would be this summer. That he's he's gonna come back to his production on the Thunder when he had. I mean. Paul George had an outside shot to be an MVP that year in his career year with the Thunder. He absolutely still has all the tools to do it. And I think that the, the Clippers are finding an identity right now without Kawhi Leonard. And they just need a few more things to, to go their way to be successful. I mean, that seven-game winning streak, they put it all out there. They, they had the defense. They had the shooting. They had the ball movement. And I think they even have more to get from that if they get contributions from man and if that team success comes together, Paul George is going to continue to put these numbers up. I mean, that's not stopping. I mean, he's done it time, time, and time, and time, and time, and time again. He's going to do it. What are the Clippers going to do around him? And I think the Clippers have a lot of room to, to get better still. I mean, they're, they're definitely not a finished product, and they're just getting Serge Ibaka back. So I can only imagine how much better Paul George can 
be as the team gets better. And I can't imagine him doing worse than he is now. I mean, none of this is fluky. So in terms of team success and turning things around, in terms of narrative too, I mean, Kawhi Leonard not being there. He's putting the entire team on his back where, you know, the true star is is out. He's not around to, to carry him. How many times did we see on the Clippers that Kawhi Leonard is carrying Paul George? He's, he's carrying his Lakers. And Paul George can kind of just kind of hide in the corner and, you know, just, just blame it on a slump, blame it on whatever. But now, I mean, it's just him. The light's only on him. And he's really grown because of it. I mean, he's he's grown to the player that he was and he is supposed to be. Yeah, that's exactly – that's the main thing I'm noticing as well. I mean, it always seems – there always seemed to be an excuse for George pretty much ever since he's been in – been in L.A., but he's stepping up this year and you hope it continues and you hope that he can – get back to that player he was uh, in his career in OKC because Paul George was pretty unbelievable to watch that year. And if he's putting up those sort of numbers again, maybe the Clippers could be, could be set for, uh, for an upset in, uh, in uh, 2022, you know, the guy, the guy can hoop. And that's, that's the biggest thing for him. Is, is he a hooper or is he just a, he's just a basketball player. He's, he's a hooper. Oh yeah. He's a hooper. I mean, where are we gonna put? Where, where are we gonna put Jimmy Butler in this? Oh yeah, I got I got Jimmy Butler on here. You got Jimmy Butler on here? Yeah. I mean, I I I gotta I gotta be honest and say that for for all the heat talk we've had about how unbelievable they've been, I mean that that all starts with Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. offensively. So I mean, he he's definitely has his place, and I don't know even know if he belongs on a hipster list. I think he belongs on a on a legit list here. The Heat are a team that's been doubted ever since the beginning of last season, and they've proved it every single night that they're not just some defensive minded team. Like they're they're going to go to war and they're going to score. They're going to ISO on you, and that's really what this team has relied on. Jimmy Butler ISOs now even Hero and in terms of impact, there's undeniable that he's the guy who's letting this team be that successful. Oh yeah, that's there's no doubt about it. He he sets the tone on both ends of the court, and the guy the guy just plays winning basketball. It's just it's just as simple as that. He he is the guy in the clutch moments for Miami. He's the guy that's going to step up, and he so often has. He's done it wherever he has been. That 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 short period he was in Philly. When they were going into close four quarters, he was the guy who was taking the shots. It wasn't Embiid, it wasn't Tobias Harris, it wasn't anyone else. It was Jimmy Butler. This guy plays winning basketball, and in the games that he played so far this year, the Heat are seven and four, and it's a winning impact. And Jimmy Butler, as much as I'd like to to say he is a a legit MVP star, he probably is more of a hipster hipster kind of pick just because I don't think that the, the wider uh, media and judges would, uh, would, would include him uh, alongside the, the star picks of your, of your Curry's and your Antetokounmpo's and your Jokic's, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we both know it's going to be, I mean, to be real, I the fun part of this was to look at some, some players who we honestly know won't garner the, the votes. Cause this is a media thing. This is a, like I said, a lot of it's about narrative. I think there's a, a lot of other fun narratives to consider, but in terms of the, the greater narrative, it's going to be about Curry. It's going to be, be about the, the Nets. It's going to be about Durant. Um, but I mean, if you look at those two, this, this is an interesting thing. I, I don't think it's it's possible that if Curry plays the way he is, that he's going to lose. That, that my non-hipster take, but it's pretty pretty obvious that I mean that, that was the that's the least profitable betting on right now for a reason. Mm-hmm. Curry's playing as good as he was last year. And the Warriors are, and I, have we? I don't think we've had a chance to talk about the Warriors since they beat the Bulls. I don't, I don't think we talked about that, right? Don't think so. No. And, and I, I think I, I need to talk about that because I mean I've watched I've watched the Warriors games, um, and I've seen the defense on other teams. You know they've had a pretty easy schedule, so some some of it I was like, you know, these teams are kind of crumbling. They're just giving up. The Bulls have been pretty mentally locked. Bulls have been very have not been a team so far this season to get jarred, but the Warriors' defense is jarring. And we're just talking about team success right now in terms of the MVP. Like we just got to talk about the Warriors, how good they are, 
the best player on the best team. And the Warriors are absolutely on both sides of the ball looking like the best team. It, it's, it's not in my mind, but from, from the teams that you've watched on the court, it, it doesn't feel particularly close. And in terms of net rating, you know, they're leading for a reason. It's obvious. Yeah. This is, <laughs> people have uh, been questioning the Warriors about their, uh, their easy, easy schedule too, but it's the way they're winning games and the way they were able to blow out a team like, like Chicago. It's, it's been unbelievable. They've got Steph looking to shoe in for MVP. They got Draymond looking like a defensive player of the year candidate. And they've got Jordan Poole looking like a guy who's probably on the outskirts of being in the most improved player candidate uh, role. So everything is really clicking. They still got clay to add and the Warriors watch out for them. They got, they got a big test against the Nets Tuesday night. So if they come through that, I think that'll really waken people up. Oh, I, I, I think, I think that tonight that the Warriors are going to absolutely annihilate the Nets. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll wake up to this tomorrow, but I mean, the Nets have folded under tough defense, and the Warriors' defense is Curry does not need to drop forty to win this game. I'll tell you that their defense is going to win this game for them. Um. But you mentioned Jordan Poole. I mean, does he belong on our list of uh, our hipster list if we're talking most improved? He's been a little bit of a national media darling as as a as an improved player over the offseason. Um, so I, I think he's been a lot of people's feeds for a while. Yeah, that's may that's maybe fair. He's probably not probably not in the uh, in the hipster brand of of thinking now. Yeah, there's there's a few guys we gotta gotta talk about here though. Um, uh, first and foremost, and he's and he's jumped up. He's he's no longer his third pick either because everyone knows it's John Morant. John, John Morant's gonna it's John Morant to lose, and it's John Morant to possibly not get if he gets All Star, All NBA, and like maybe that's just too much to give to a guy in one year. It's not fair. But Miles Bridges now is second. I mean, he, he wasn't he wasn't up there a couple weeks ago. But Miles Bridges is my least hipster take because this guy has blown me away this season i mean talk, talk all the the stat improvements you, you want i mean it's across the board i mean it's, it's almost pointless to start picking all the things he's done better because he's done almost basically everything better he's just a better player and if you, if you look at how he's scoring now i mean he's not just a catch and shoot player he's not just a lob threat he's not just a defensive player which has been a more impressive development over his early parts of his career He's now able to take guys off the dribble. He's now able to, I mean, he's, he's not just like dribble, relocate, shoot. I mean, he is attacking the paint. He's getting to his shots in the mid range. I mean, these are all things that we did not see from him in any consistent way last season at all. So for him to have this evolution of his game, like that's unbelievable. And uh, coach Brego talks about it and how he told Bridges, Hey, like this is going to be a different year. Like you, you should work on your ball handling. And it, it's cool to see that come to fruition because it's absolutely shown on the court how he's been able to score and his output is, is crazy. I mean, he's scoring 21 points a game, seven rebounds, and his free throw rate has gone through the roof. He went from 1.7 attempts last year to 4.7 this year. I mean, he's, he's now able to generate a lot of offense and for him to be at times the third option on the Hornets, I mean, it, this team is, is really loaded for bear for the next few years. Yeah, you never know. Maybe maybe MJ had a word with him, tried to try to give, give a few uh, give him a few tips on uh, how to improve his offensive game. But yeah, he's he's not he's not going to be a hipster pick for for much longer because this guy has been absolutely unbelievable. Just the, the differences. I know you didn't want to talk about them because it's so easy to say, but I mean, he's already had four You're a stats guy. plus games. You know, I love the stats. He's averaging 21 and a half points, 7.3 boards, 3.5 assists last season, 12.7 points, six boards, and 2.2 assists. And he's averaging over one and a half steals this year. This guy has been, he's really stepped up early. And if he continues on this sort of trend in any sort of way, he's going to be right up there come the end of the season when we're talking most improved player. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome to see an athlete like him become this skilled. 
Mm-hmm. You know, early on, you know, he's just a, not just, I mean, dude is a devastating dunker. He's got to be, I, I can't, I can think of very few people who can dunk with the authority that he has to get above the rim. And he went from just a one dimensional guy like that to, you know, he's starting to show signs of being an all around scorer. I mean, not just signs, I mean, he's doing it as an all around scorer. And it's, it's tough for things like, like this to stick because it takes a while for these narratives to change. But if this is really who Miles Bridges is, man, this team just got so much better, so much better. Because you thought about the, the Hornets and their short to long-term potential being kind of limited by how good their wing rotation could be. Because, you know, Gordon Hayward's not going to be around forever. Gordon Hayward's not going to be healthy. But the answer clearly, that, that was a big question we had over the offseason. And the answer clearly is Miles Bridges. This, this guy is an animal this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, he's he's been a big part of it, and I think the Hornets look look a better team uh, than they did last year. Obviously, Lamelo has been a huge part of that as well. But it's uh, Gordon Hayward's kind of taken a back seat when we thought if when he was healthy, he was going to be the main guy for this team this year. But so far, it's been uh, it's been Miles Bridges and Lamelo Ball. Who, who else you got? Yeah. I have I, I had to go for my boy Cole Anthony. I think that was I uh, knew it. That was <laughs> he should have been in your MVP. Your yeah, MVP. I know, day. I know, but uh that guy he's unfortunately still not impacting winning on the on the struggling magic team. They are three and eleven and bottom of the Eastern Conference, but the improvements he's made to his game this season have been for there for there for everyone to see. He's averaging over 20 points, 6.6 boards, 5.6 assists. He's shooting over 39% from three. He's got an effective field goal percentage of 53.7. And those are all massive improvements on what he produced in his rookie season. I mean, put it this way, he's already got six games where he scored 24 plus. Uh, last season, he had two total. So uh, he's certainly uh, enjoying his uh, his uh, second year in the NBA. Yeah, i i i wanna I wanted to believe that you know it seemed fluky, but I mean, it's his confidence. And we talked about it before. His his confidence translates and just oozes on the floor. And it's a shame that that's not really coming to fruition for the guy next to him and Jalen Suggs, um, their fourth pick this year, but. I'm curious where they go. I, I I don't think they're getting anywhere near the plan. Mm-hmm. And I and I think team team success isn't as as indicative as it is for the MVP, but it does matter. And Julius Randle, for example, I mean that was a huge reason for that last year, um, as opposed to guy like Zach Levine. You, you don't have the team success, and you're not you're going to be looked at a little bit more like it's not it's not going to be long until. He graduates from being a really exciting young player on a young team to a guy who's really good on a bad team. Like it's 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 funny how that narrative works that way. But most improved goes to guys like your your Randalls, your Siakams. You're on teams that are really gonna make a difference. Um, and maybe I mean your, your boy over there. We should talk about Tyler Hero, but maybe that's definitely not a a hipster pick. But right now it feels like anyone but. Ja Morant has a chance to to win it if it's not Ja. But talked about Hero. He's he's had an excellent year. Um, the guy who hasn't gotten any mention at all. I mean, DeJounte Murray this year. Talk about hipster pick. I mean, he's played excellent. And I, I don't think he's gotten enough um talking on the league because I mean, as DeMarta Rosen, you kind of get buried there. No one talks about you if you're out in San Antonio. Um and I mean OG Ananobi too. Um Who's who's highest on the list out of these guys? Who deserves it the most? I guess I'd probably say OG Ananobi. I, I I've liked what I've seen with him, and I've I've been probably almost most surprised by the improvement I've seen in his game. This is not yeah. something I was expecting coming into this year. I think he's really he's really kind of floored me with his performances. So I'd say he'd probably be for me the highest up there, based off what he's done so far this season. Yeah, I, I think I just want to see more efficiency from OG because the volume is there and the eye test is there. His his ball skills are clearly improved. His ability to 
I mean, plays a pick and roll operator. Um, it's, it's not great. It's not the best, but for him to be even be doing that right now, when he was such a two-dimensional guy a couple of years ago, um, his improvement has been massive. And I, I feel like every time we talk about these players, you just have to segue. We're going coast to coast, so I'll, I'll segue a little bit. But watching him operate with the ball, and then if he doesn't have a mismatch, swing it over to Scotty Barnes, who can then swing it over to OG. And they got Fred Van Vliet running around like he's, he's got his Steph Curry moments where he's just bolting off screens and catching threes and just shooting in your face. But this team, man, we want to talk team success. That They have huge opportunity to be really good. I mean, they have their ups and downs throughout the season, for sure. I mean, they're a young team still um, figuring things out. I mean, how much longer are we going to be able to say that, figuring things out? But they, they're, they're exciting with the amount of length and athleticism and uh, creation across four guys in that lineup. That, that team has some crazy, crazy high potential. If, if not this season, maybe next, but I see it coming together sooner than later. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and yeah, seeing some of the improvements in some of these guys on the team and how good Scotty Barnes has looked in his rookie season. Siakam's only coming back into full health. There, there, there's definitely uh, room for this Toronto team to to shake things up a little bit in the East and be even competing for the spots just above above the playing. I think there is a lot of still a lot of strong teams, uh, a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference that are better than them. But if things keep going in the direction that they're going, they could definitely be challenging for the six or seven seed in the East. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just no doubt about it. We can't, uh, we can't also leave out uh, Gary Trent Jr. Um, he has a ton of crazy moments of shot creation. And they, if they put out that, I love that super small ball lineup when they do Fred Van Vliet and they have OG Ananobi, they have Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, and you throw Siakam in there. But they, they have so much potential to just devastate teams with that in the playoffs. We've seen time and time again throughout the, the postseason that it's not it's not always that traditional big lineup that the that the Lakers like to use in this when the game slows down. But if you're able to do it with those very small, quick, and when you say small, I mean these guys are humongous, but to, to mm-hmm. see them all on the court at the same time, perfect example. Look, look at what the Bulls did against Anthony Davis's uh Lakers. And that that sort of havoc that they can wreak with uh with all those wings. Um but who, who else we got at the MIP? I, I think those are my favorites, honestly. Those are my favorite. OG has a good chance. I wish I could say Jaron Jackson Jr. That that was my pick in the beginning yeah, of the year. He's been disappointed. Well, yeah. This point it might be a bit harsh, but he's not. He's not put no. up to the levels that I thought he was going to put up to. I think I, I'll definitely say disappointed because his talent just is oozing. It's sometimes it's it's just not. I don't know if it's a focus isn't there, but there's there's not that edge to his game that you know you saw in moments in his rookie. The sophomore year, um, I, I he should be doing much better. Yeah, definitely. Two two random guys I'd like to just think deserve a mention. Just their name is uh, Harrison Barnes at the Kings and Montrez Harrell with the the Wizards. The Wizards have had yes. a great start, and Montrez yeah. Harrell has been a surprisingly big impact player for them. But uh, two guys I actually would like to mention though are the a, a Philadelphia double, Tyrese Maxey and Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. If you can nominate duos, you know, that, yeah. I, I'd love to see that be an award in the league, <laughs> like best duo, because we talk about that so much. That is such a, a talking point throughout the years. Like, who's the best duo? We, we love discussing that. that. That would be fun for that to be for that to be a uh, an award or, or like it's or like a team award. Like what team plays the best together? Because there's so many there's so many things that go unheralded after the year that you're like, yeah, man, there is an award for that. that. It's called an NBA championship. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that that's true. Um, I, I I would have, I don't know, like what what would you make it? Because think about the Jazz last year. The Jazz was such a good team, but then in reality, I mean, you can have a better like team in terms of the sum is better than its parts like how big that sum is versus its parts. And that still loses to, in reality, like LeBron James or, or the, or the, you know, the Giannis's, the, the Durant's. 
those guys are always going to to elevate their team beyond what one team can do. I mean, maybe there's an award out there. And those to, are the teams that really aren't that good, you know? <laughs> there you go. All right, Jazz fans, you heard it here. You heard it here. <laughs> um, but I, I think that uh, what one guy, too, that we got, if we're going to talk disappointment, damn, what happened to Michael Porter Jr.? We should have been talking about him here. He should have been yeah. front front runner. He should have been the, the guy that was leading this award. He's not even a hipster pick. He's a he's a dumbass pick. Hey, I, I was never I, I don't don't remember being too high on him when you were when you were talking him up. Uh, what? Get out of here. Roll the tape, people. Roll the <laughs> tape. Are you, we were both we were both on Michael Porter Jr. Island. And I wake up in the morning and your boat's gone. You're sailed into the sunset and flipping me <laughs> off. In the That's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, certainly, he certainly uh, made us both want to do that because he has not been anything close to what uh, I think the majority of, of uh, fans and especially I'm sure Denver Nuggets fans thought he was going to be uh, this season. Yeah. And 19, from 19 points a game. 54% from the field, 44% on 6.3 attempts on threes to less than 10 points a game. So at 9.9 now. And now he's out for the foreseeable future with his back. Really shocked. concerning. Really concerning. He's just, he's just too injury prone, that guy. It, it, yeah. It's just, it's, it's going to, it, it appears it's going to be something that's just going to plague his entire career. It's always, a horrible thing to see, but it's uh sadly it's not the not the first time, not the last time that it's happened yeah. to a talented guy. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why he fell so far in the draft. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw the medicals, everyone got spooked, and the nuggets got to take him. And he looked like such a steal last year. He looked like he was gonna make everyone look like idiots. And you know, you, you can only hope he's gonna get better. Because I mean, that guy's such a talent, he shouldn't be playing like that. I don't think anyone was watching him play like that and be like, wow, what a fluke last year. Like, no, like I think everyone attested to Michael Porter Jr.'s talent and that he could be even better than that. And if you told me in the summer that this year, Michael Porter Jr. was going to average like 25 points a game on like near 50, 40, 90, I wouldn't look at eye at that. I, I, I thought that was definitely possible with the volume that he had come to him. For him to play this bad is, I mean, that's that's almost that's that's almost as shocking to me as Demar Derozan being uh, discussed as an MVP candidate, man. <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't I can't say that at the beginning of the season I had a lot of these predictions right, and I think Hollinger had a point when he said, you know, one thing that you are going to be right about is being wrong when you come to predicting the NBA because you just just never know what's going to happen. Hey, and that's why we love it, man. So what let, I want to end here with with, uh, with some predictions here, and specifically to the very near future, because we got a game coming up, that Warriors Nets game we talked about, um, and this is a huge one. You got the two MVPs going head to head. Who's outscoring the other, Durant or or Curry? Give me KD to outscore Curry and the Warriors to get the dub. Warriors get the dub. How many how many times does uh, James Harden? flail and not get a foul call oh against the warriors i think that's gonna happen <laughs> who knows how many times i, I don't think you, can, you might not be able to you might lose count, but the i'll put the over under i'll put the over under at five i I'd, I'd almost be tempted to take over on that to just i'm, just I'm slamming the over i'm slamming <laughs> the over uh my boy harden uh he's that that's another big surprise of the season um i hope that at some point we talk about it and he, he fixes it overnight, but man, it's, it's still concerning, still concerning. I don't think it's going to get better against the best defensive league tonight, but he's going to wake up eventually. Yeah. You'd have to think so. I'm sure KD is probably uh, thinking that uh, himself. <laughs> he's going to sneak into Kyrie's apartment in the middle of the night and give him the jab <laughs> and his papers. Yeah. Good on him. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I want to see Kyrie back in the in the league. Make that happen. Yeah, he's he's fighting for the the voiceless, but they're doing this. That's what he says. 
Oh, yeah. we, we promised we wouldn't talk Kyrie. We've we've done so well not to talk about Kyrie and Ben Simmons, and there we go and ruined it. And I just ruined the Simmons one. Um, <laughs> we're, we're if they're gonna boycott the league, we're gonna, we're gonna boycott their uh, their names on this podcast. But oh, um, we 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 mentioned the Wizards ever so briefly, um, and we're not gonna talk about them here. We should, but I, I think we got to end here and just point out the fact that the Wizards are atop the East, and they're no joke. And they cannot escape this podcast. They cannot escape every podcast. They cannot escape the media any longer because this team needs to be looked at. And this team needs to be evaluated because they're good. They actually played it like Wes Unsell Jr. He said it. They play defense. They're good. And we're going to talk about them soon. But we just got to end this by shouting out the Washington Wizards, the franchise that I thought we'd be spending every week laughing about how many. I, I, was, I was thinking maybe we'd do like a, a Beal trade talk counter we'd see how many times a week someone would would break some random story about Beal wanting a trade or something like that been zero and it's because they've been phenomenal top to east unbelievable ain't no one was expecting that yeah again we're wrong on pretty much everything and, and the one of the few things we'll get right we'll 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 be happy about what we'll talk about and uh we'll, we'll see whose predictions come true tonight warriors nets can't wait for it and I can't wait to get back on this podcast when it's always fun, always crazy things going on to talk about. And we'll be here to break it down very soon on your coast to coast. Peace. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of coast to coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.